The U.S. says it's concerned over China's recent military incursions into Taiwan's air defense identification zone. Since last Friday, Taiwan has reported PLA excursions every day, with a record-high 56 aircraft entering on Monday. Let's hear from the White House. Concerned by the People's Republic of China's provocative military activity near Taiwan, which is destabilizing, risks miscalculations, and undermines a regional peace and stability. Our commitment to Taiwan is rock solid. We have been clear privately and publicly about our concern about the PRC's pressure and coercion, coercion toward Taiwan, and we will continue to watch the situation very closely. Over recent days, PLA aircraft have repeatedly conducted large-scale incursions. I think this has serious repercussions on cross-strait peace and stability. Of course, it also raises regional security and peace issues in Asia. The frequent incursions naturally put quite a lot of pressure on our Air Force, Navy and Army. But this pressure, as I have told our colleagues, this pressure is actually encouragement for us, as it's a warning for us to be battle-ready. A military analyst says China might not intend to provoke Taiwan only. He says that Taiwan's activity could also be a warning for the UK, which recently sent its HMS Queen Elizabeth to the area. Sunday is Taiwan's National Day, and this year's celebration outside the presidential office will feature a spectacular flyover. There'll be a parade starring the nation's Olympic team. On Tuesday, organizers said the national anthem will be led by the Hakka Children's Choir and six special guests who represent Taiwan's Heroes of the Year. At this year's National Day celebration, the TBC dance crew will be one headliner in the performance lineup. For the 2021 National Day celebration, the official theme is democratic alliances and international friendships, and the concept is democracy and freedom. The event is being organized by a committee under the Legislative Yuan. On Tuesday, the Legislative Speaker held a press conference to promote the event. Our democratic alliances and international friendships are continuing to expand. Value-driven choices are being made. At a time when the world faces unprecedented challenges, Taiwan is partnering with like-minded nations. This has proved that virtue never stands alone, and it is bound to have neighbors. It has proved that Taiwan is an indispensable member of international society. With the COVID epidemic contained, evening activities will be held as planned, although with safety measures in place. The National Day Gala will be hosted by Xinju City. The National Day fireworks will be in Kaohsiung. On behalf of Kaohsiung City, I want to thank the preparatory committee and especially Speaker Yeo for giving Kaohsiung this opportunity. It's been 20 years since Kaohsiung hosted the National Day fireworks. For the people of Kaohsiung, much has changed over that time. This year's National Day Gala is in Shinju City. This is the first time since 1982 when the city and county split that Shinju City has had the opportunity to participate in such an important national celebration. One highlight of this year's flyover will be two colossal national flags carried by CH-47 Chinook helicopters and accompanied by Apache and Cobra choppers. Another highlight is the singing of the national anthem. The anthem will be sung by firefighter Kao Liu, police officer Yang Yuchen, nurses Shi Yijun and Chen Yunzhen, Olympic bronze medalist Luo Jialing, and the Taiwan CDC's Philip Lowe. Representing heroes of Taiwan society, these six will join the Hakka Children's Choir in leading the national anthem. 
With the approval and recommendation of Health Minister Chen Shizhong, he will lead the singing of the national anthem. A few days ago, before the CECC press briefing, I joked around with Philip Lowe. I said, Philip, how about the next couple of days you do a little practicing after you get up in the morning? La 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 la. Taiwan's Olympic team will make an appearance during the National Day procession. According to the preparatory committee, Health Minister Chen Shizhong will also join the parade. The buzz is growing as Taiwan counts down to the big day. Now on to more good news in the fight against COVID-19. Taiwan's aviation regulator says that nearly all of the country's long-haul crew members are fully vaccinated. As of Monday, two doses have been administered to 9,015 employees of Eva Air and China Airlines. That's 98.7 percent of both the carrier's long-haul crew. Monupiravir is a pill that could cut the risk of COVID death by about half. That's according to interim testing data released by the drug's American developers. The treatment is not yet approved for use in the U.S., but there's already a global rush to place orders. Taiwan is in talks over a purchasing agreement to lock in a supply of this promising pill. U.S. pharma firms Merck and Ridgeback Biotherapeutics have released interim trial data on their oral drug for COVID, Molnupiravir. The findings suggest the drug can reduce the risk of death and hospitalization by 50 percent. But a Taiwan doctor warns that the pill is not a panacea. If you have breathing difficulties and your oxygen levels are dropping, oral drugs may not be the way to go. Injections may have a better effect. Right now, we don't yet know whether there are any differences between oral and injectable treatments. In any case, injections are more reliable in terms of absorption. They aren't affected by the absorption rate of the stomach and intestines. The digestive system's absorption rate can affect the effectiveness of oral use drugs. The CECC is currently in talks to procure the drug, which is a pill that's taken at home to reduce the risk of hospitalization. Currently, Taiwan administers remdesivir to patients receiving oxygen support in the hospital. Monoclonal antibodies are given to at-risk patients with mild or moderate symptoms. The new pill would be prescribed to high-risk patients with recent infections. Health experts say that once a patient develops severe symptoms, it's usually too late to administer any drug. The thing about these three drugs is that if you take them after you develop severe symptoms and become hospitalized, their effects may not be as pronounced, or they may have no effect at all. These drugs need to be taken when symptoms are mild, right when the virus starts reproducing. That's when you can inhibit it. That's when the drug will have an effect. The CECC advisor says that any of these three drugs, if administered early, can reduce the risk of severe illness and death by 60 to 70 percent. With the epidemic contained, the CECC is securing the supplies required to fight another outbreak. Eric Chu has taken the helm of Taiwan's main opposition party. The KMT stalwart was elected last month with 46 percent of the vote. He was sworn in on Tuesday at the party's Taipei headquarters. Present at the ceremony were four past KMT chairpersons, including former President Ma Ying-jeou and former presidential candidate uh, Hong, uh, Hong Shouju. All the beliefs held by the people of this party, whether they're dark blue, light blue or moderate, all of our many ideas embody our freedom of expression. They are things we can discuss together as a party. One of the new chairperson's first appointments has raised controversy within the party. 
For KMT Secretary General, he picked former Taizong Commissioner Justin Huang, who was nominated for a Control Yuan position last year by the Tsai administration. On Tuesday, the new chair defended his choice, saying that the ruling party had recognized Huang's talent. With the price of silicon chips still rising, a major car maker says that its new cars will go up in price at the end of this year. Although the extent of the price rise is still unclear, economists say the move could trigger a wave of price rises across the auto industry. One of the biggest hitters in the auto industry has just launched its first 100% electric car, and an equally shocking announcement has come out hot on its heels. All its new cars will get pricier at the end of this year. Because materials are rising in price, copper, various precious metals and microchips, and even some plasticized equipment, among other things. We use all these materials in assemblage in the auto industry, and they've all announced price rises. But because the materials used by each different model are different, the margin of increase for each model hasn't been decided yet. We may make an announcement before the end of the year. The decision may spur other brands to take action too. Observers expect a wave of price rises to follow. The auto industry is dealing with continually rising costs in materials, logistics and labor. Microchips from major chip makers like TSMC, UMC, VIS and Powerchip are getting more expensive. And semiconductors for chips and detection devices represent 35% of the manufacturing cost of a car. With demand outstripping supply, experts say price hikes were inevitable. We can compare the main country's producer price index to the consumer price index and see that right now, the PPI is vastly higher than the CPI across the board. That means producers will have to continue to tolerate profits being squeezed or even losses until they can't bear the losses anymore, and then they'll have no choice but to pass those price rises onto consumers. Vehicles' microchips are in short supply and new cars can't keep up with demand. For the most popular models, there's a waiting list of two or more months. The auto industry could be in for a bumpy ride. A new exhibition shows off the winners of a forestry bureau contest for Taiwanese wood designs. Wooden toys and boxes are just some of the wooden products featured in the show. The contest has taken a full year to judge. Each of the 10 winning designs has won its creator a 200,000 NT prize. As the lid is lifted, a deep woody scent fills the room. This triple layer lunchbox is made entirely from Taiwanese wood. The choice of wood was a very special one. Everyone who studies design has the dream of starting a business. When I was in a traffic accident, I had to stay in bed for six months. I'm from Fengyuan, which happens to be a thriving spot for wood processing. So I thought I'd go back there and combine my designs with wood to design products. Another prize winner is this wooden children's musical instrument. It's a toy, but also makes real music. We used multiple materials, so it includes bells put together with wood. We wanted to start with a wooden toy and then include music. It's a toy that can bring more interactivity to education or to elderly people or older adults. These creative items are all entrants in the Forestry Bureau Taiwanese Material Design Contest. After an entire year of deliberating, the judges picked out 10 superlative products. 
We have quite a lot of types of materials in wood, so we adapt to our specific circumstances, which is that we have much diversity but a small quantity. Our home decor and creative designers, business people, are very important strategic partners for us. Historically, Taiwanese designers have mostly used imported wood, but there's nothing lacking about Taiwanese wood. The Forestry Bureau hopes its contest will promote local materials, as well as offer a platform for designers to secure mass production for their creations. Following the electrification of the South Link Line, the Taiwan Railways Administration is looking to expand its services on the East Coast. Now it's working with a high school in Taidong to give internships to teenagers. The project aims to give students the skills and experience they need for a successful career in the world of rail travel. The future is a vast country for students at St. Joseph Technical High School. Its new partnership with the TRA gives them a golden ticket to valuable internships. Normally, what you study at school is only the academic side. But if you get the chance to actually go to the place and get to know the profession, then you're putting your knowledge into practice. Then, after the internship, you come back to school, you know where you've got more to learn, and you can keep strengthening your skills. In the last few years, St. Joseph Technical High School has carried out a vocational education system and won a number of international prizes. Its technology has won recognition too. This is really what the TRA needs. At this ceremony to mark the deal, the school's principal presented a St. Joseph chair to the vice head of the TRA. The chair is a required project for woodworking students at the school. The conversion of the South Link Line Railway to electric has now been completed and the TRA continues to develop its services on the East Coast. Industrial transportation demand is expected to increase in the coming years. That's why the TRA began to work with schools this year to cultivate the next generation of talent. They plan to offer 27 internships across departments like construction, machine maintenance and electrics. It's a two-way collaboration. More than ever, we need students like this who can join the TRA when they graduate. The project is expected to give students a great launch pad into the world of work, as well as helping to reinvigorate transport across the east of Taiwan. A snack van owner in Nantou is offering free snacks to kids who are struggling at school. Chen Tianxiang of Shui Township was at the bottom of the class when he was at school. But he kept on going in the face of every challenge thrown at him. Decades later, he wants to help local kids find their resilience too, no matter how easy or hard they find their studies. Pan-fried baozi are sizzling nicely. With an egg on top, a scallion pancake is a filling meal. This food van in Nanto's Trailey Township is a favorite with local school kids. And for a few pupils, the meal is on the house, but only if you can prove you scored zero on a test. I started my business 20 years ago. I've done some different things. I thought of how I used to get zero in tests, and I wanted to give up on myself. But now, I've got capacities, and I want to do what I can to help kids. Mr. Chen has sold fried baozi and pancakes from the back of his mini-truck for 20 years. 
He's been a top purveyor of snacks in the township for decades, but in his school days, he was often at the bottom of the class rankings. Now he wants to encourage other kids who don't find school easy. If a kid presents an exam paper marked zero, they can take home a free baozi or pancake to cheer themselves up. It doesn't mean you're incapable of studying. At least you gave the test a go sincerely. People who are good at studying get lots of benefits at school, but people who get zero, who can't study, what do they get? Mr. Chen encourages kids not to give up on themselves, but he insists that the test paper must be filled with answers, even if they're all wrong. You can't hand in a test you didn't give a shot. Handing in a test you didn't even try on means you didn't give yourself a chance. He says he hopes his snacks can help struggling kids find the motivation to work a bit harder at school and not abandon themselves. I guess it's a creative project. I think it can encourage children. Make them think it's not something to be ashamed of if you get zero in a test. Mr. Chen says he hopes his offer will also give struggling students a chance to chat about their difficulties. He can give them an empathetic ear since he knows just what it feels like, and maybe he can even help them work out what they really want in life. Turning to the weather, a tropical depression is strengthening in the South China Sea. It could intensify into a storm by Wednesday. Wet weather is expected across the east coast, north coast, and the greater Taipei area on Thursday and Friday, but the rain will taper off over the weekend, just in time for the National Day celebration. The Pacific High on Tuesday delivered high temps and clear skies to the western half of Taiwan, but the fair weather won't stay for long. A depression in the South China Sea could turn into the 17th tropical storm of the year as early as Wednesday. Its periphery could bring heavy showers to windward areas of the eastern half and the Hengchun Peninsula. 在南海这边的低气压未来形成以后，因为它的移动会往比较偏西北西的方向移动。This depression in the South China Sea, after the storm forms, it will move west-northwest. It will affect us mainly on Thursday and Friday. The storm's periphery will deliver localized rains to the eastern half and to the Hengchun Peninsula. The storm's periphery is set to affect Taiwan on Thursday and Friday, bringing high humidity to the east coast, the Hengchun Peninsula, the north coast, including Geelong and the Greater Taipei area. But dry weather will return to Taipei just in time for the Double Ten National Day Parade. From Sunday to Monday, that is the last two days of the Double Ten Long Weekend. The chance of rain will be highest along the north coast, including Geelong, the eastern half, and the Hengchun Peninsula. Other areas will see sunshine. To the east of the Philippines, a tropical disturbance could intensify into a depression. It could even strengthen into the 18th tropical storm of the year before October 10th. If it does, Taiwan would have two tropical storms in its vicinity. The marine and atmospheric conditions seem to be favorable for these systems to mature. The CWB says it's too soon to say if the second storm will form or what path it could take. The weather is set to be volatile this long weekend, so check the forecast before heading out.